And at this time, I would want to call forward uh, my, my friend Robert Wilson, who um, some of you have had the privilege of hearing before. He came up to Graceway about three months or so ago um, and shared the word with us. And man, he is, he's been such a blessing to my life um, and to us really as a community. For those of you who don't know, uh, Robert is a professional counselor, and he, he counsels people right out of the, the church here. And um, one thing that I love about him is this. We know that the heart of God is um, to make people whole, and we find wholeness in the Lord as we turn our hearts to him and trust ourselves to him. God is a healer. He is one who, who trains and teaches and qu- equips us to be everything that he's intended for us to be. And this is why I love how the heart of God is expressed through our brother Robert, because it's through his gifts that people are healed. It's through his gifts that people are equipped and set on the purpose that the Lord has intended for them from the very beginning. And so um, thank you, Robert, so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning. Yes. So I'm going to talk about cultivating the correct attitude, right? The, re- the correct attitude. Actually, the sermon is about victory. But in order to have victory, you've got to have the right attitude. Victory doesn't come without having the right frame of mind. So I'm going to speak out of uh, Philippians, Philippians 2.5. And Paul is addressing a lot of issues in this church. <clears throat> He's letting the church know that he's, in, he's currently in prison. He writes this letter from prison. So he says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain, because he doesn't know if he's going to live or he's going to die. He's also, um, talking about Pastor Ed was just talking about uh, giving. He was also thanking the Philippian church for the gifts that they gave to him to support his ministry. But here he actually addresses the right attitude to have towards your fellow brothers and sisters because there's an argument going on in the church between two women and Paul is addressing it right here with the right attitude to cultivate have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form of God did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth, under the earth. So in theology, <clears throat> this is actually called the kenosis passage. Kenosis means to empty because it describes what Christ actually does. Being in the form of God did not consider equality to be grasso. In other words, Christ was not fighting for a title. He freely divested himself of his privileges as being God. So he freely divested himself as being the most high to come and be the most low. 
because crucifixion, probably in the history of mankind, is the most ignoble death that you can find. You're thrown up on a tree and you die. Some people, it takes eight, nine, ten hours for them to die. You die in a horrible way. And not only is it the death, family was very important back then. Very important. You couldn't do things like we do now. Divorce yourself from your family. Your family was your identity. And to, to have, to, to crucify someone was to not just kill them, but it was to totally shame their name. Isn't that so-and-so that had his son crucified? So it was a stain when someone was crucified. So Paul is actually demonstrating the fact that Christ, who is the most high, went to the most low in such an ignoble death, right? And that's the attitude that we are to cultivate. Or in a nutshell, the way up is down, right? That's what he's saying. In the kingdom, the way up is down. And Paul is writing this letter, as I said, because two people are actually fighting in the church. And so I did this little kind of schematic for myself. It was this, that attitude then is uh, your servitude, and your servitude determines your altitude. That's what this is saying. So the right attitude, which Christ had an attitude of servitude. He was a servant, right? He humbled himself to the point of death. Christ wasn't even a Roman citizen. Christ, it would be like Christ coming to America undocumented. So he came in a very ignoble way, right? He didn't come on chariots of fire. He didn't come in the way that we expect him to come. What is this statement? This is a paradox of power. We think of power as something to be grasped, right? Christ is saying it's not to be grasped, it's to be given up. Remember the, uh, the Last Supper when Christ is washing their feet? And Peter says, no, Master, you shouldn't do that because he's the Master. Why are you doing that? Christ is throwing it off. This is the paradox of power. Do you also remember when, when Peter, when uh, Jesus was being arrested? And Peter cut off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Right? Remember, then Jesus said, no, no. And what does he say? If I wanted to, I could have legions of angels here, right? That's the paradox of power. It's not what you unleash. It's what you restrain, right? It's not what you unleash. It's what you restrain, like coming down, Jesus, oh, come down off the cross. You know, then we'll believe you. The power is staying up on the cross. The power is when you have the power to stay, to come down off the cross, yet you stay anyway. That is the paradox of power that Paul is talking about here. And so this is essential, developing the right attitude, because without the right attitude, you won't be able to forgive. You are hurt. You have to change your attitude. It's a different attitude that actually brings about the healing. There are people who are hurt from 10 years ago, and the reason why they are still hurt is because 
they haven't changed their attitude towards the situation. There are some people I need to get my own back. I need to get back at these people. I can't just let them go. Look what they've done to me. Right? The attitude has to change. What is Jesus actually saying here? That he emptied himself, taking the form of one servant, right? He, he was equal with God, but he didn't consider the position of God as something to be grasped. What is Jesus saying here in a nutshell? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. That's what he's saying. He's saying, so what? So what? You know, so what is one of the most liberating statements you can make. It doesn't matter. So what? This is the paradox of power, right? It's not, it's not about being first. That's not real victory. Real victory is not needing to be first. It's not about getting your own back. That's not real victory. Real victory is not needing to get your own back, right? It doesn't matter. It's not about showing people your greatest hits, right? It's about showing people your greatest misses. Because when you can do that, when you can put your worst foot forward, that's when you're free. That is when you are free. That will diminish all of the stress, the people pleasing, all the running around to take on this whole identity that isn't you. So what? is the most liberating phrase that you can actually make. A lot of times stress comes because, oh no, you don't understand. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. You change the attitude. No, I don't. So what? So what? So what has been incorporated into my theology? Really? It's been incorporated into my theology. Do you remember when, when John the Baptist says to Jesus, Oh, I have need to be baptized by you. Jesus is essentially saying, so what? You just baptize me, right? Isn't he? Just baptize me. Come on. Let's get do away with all of the pomp and the ceremony. This is it. It's so what? Paul is, in this uh, letter to the Philippians, Paul is talking about to live his Christ, to die his gain, because he doesn't know what is going to happen to him, right? He doesn't know if he's, if he's going to be executed or he's going to be kept in prison. But what is Paul saying there? Paul's saying, so what? If I live, then I can be Christ to you. If I die, I'll go and be with Christ anyway. Real freedom is not in, I gotta, I gotta do that. It's, it doesn't matter. So what? I was speaking to someone this morning who was saying that, um, the uh, husband, knows uh, seven or so African dialects. I guarantee you, in each one of those dialects, there's a phrase that equates to so what. I guarantee you, every single dialect there is, there's a phrase that equates to so what freedom. Excuse me, just hang on. I need a drink, so what, <laughs> right? <laughs> And since I got this revelation from God, 
It's been setting me free, and I've used it to set so many people free. Because you don't got it. You've got to look at it. It doesn't matter. It does. When you don't have to put on airs and graces to actually impress people, that's when you can say that you are secure. You are secure. And when you're secure, insults don't take away from you. And compliments don't add to you. It's the both sides. This is the correct power. If you get this power paradigm, I'm telling you, it will change your entire life. You'll find that there's so many things that are putting stress on you that you don't need to do. Really, if you can say, so what, five more times in a day, that is going to diminish your stress, I guarantee you. And there's a lot of people here that can, everybody here can say, so what, about a lot of things that are stressing them out, right? Worrying about things that we cannot change. When you're able to say, so what, you are inert. Nothing can move you. You are just the same. Nothing stresses you out. That's when you truly enjoy the blessings of God. This world is meant to knock us all over the place. The world knocks us around. This world is like a humongous boxing ring, really. And we're in the ring with the devil. But when you can stand on the ground where he cannot do anything to cause your mood, your attitudes to fluctuate, that's when he's knocked out. It's like he's throwing punches at you all over the place and they're all missing, right? They are all missing. Because many things that we are doing, we don't need to do. We're doing them out of stress. Stress causes us to take other action. The other action will cause stress and so forth and so forth and so forth. True peace is when you can actually say, so what? True peace is when you can actually say, it doesn't matter. So what? I don't have this. So what? True peace is also, well, I'm going to wait for them to apologize to me because you don't know what they did to me. The so what attitude is, it doesn't matter what they did to you. It doesn't matter what they did. You, in fact, actually, the true freedom is you being hurt and still being able to go and apologize. That's freedom. That's victory. That will bring healing. That will change your life. Really, when you can just say that phrase, so what? It doesn't matter. I guarantee you, you'll sleep better. Really. You'll enjoy TV better. You'll enjoy the beach better. You'll enjoy every aspect of your life, the drive into work, the sermon, everything. Because when you don't gotta, it takes a humongous weight off of you. I don't gotta. I can just be here. In a, I, I don't have to go left. I don't have to go right. And the only time when I do is when I'm in the will of God. But no stress is going to force me this way or that way. And that's when you're free. True victory is being able to actually say that, no, nothing is going to move me. That is peace. Peace is meant to be there regardless of what's going on. 
right? Regardless of peace is meant to be there because God gives you peace. Peace isn't dependent upon circumstances. Peace is dependent upon the attitude you take towards circumstances. To actually say, I only have peace when nothing is going on means that your mood fluctuates dependent upon what happens in your life. God wants us to have that peace that transcends all understanding, regardless of what happens in our life. Paul has it there when he's saying to live is Christ, to die is gain. Further on in uh, chapter 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I almost had to go and check, is Paul in prison or is he in the Waldorf Astoria? I mean, really, this guy, is sounding like he's having a great time. But what is it? It's that so what attitude. That's why it doesn't matter about circumstance. In fact, Paul even says, I've learned to abase and I've learned to abound, right? I've learned to live in humble situations and I've learned to live in elevated situations, right? So what is a, a humble attitude towards life. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble, right? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. That's what he's doing here. What, what is the attitude? The attitude is the one of a servant, not grasping for titles. So that's the attitude. The, the, or the attitude is one of servitude. And because of that servitude, God raised him up. That's the altitude. And you can fly high when you have this attitude. You can fly high every day. You don't have to wake up. Oh, my word. What's going to happen today? Oh, is that issue going to go on? Is that going to happen? It won't matter. So what? Right? Right. That should be our chorus song. Really? So what? Not I've got to. Oh, I, I got to do that. I got to do high blood pressure is most of it is psychosomatic. I know people have got it genetically, but most of it is psychosomatic, meaning your mind is making your body sick because you're thinking about worrisome things. Oh, I got to pay this. I got to pay that. Oh, I got a bad report from the doctor. When you get into that so what attitude, so what attitude as well is an attitude of trusting God. A worrisome attitude is not an attitude of trusting God. When you can just stay, remain still, remain at peace, remain with joy in your life, God will remove those that situation. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication. Why does God want us to pray for the good of our health? No, to actually receive the thing that God is going to do. But while you are waiting, you have to stay in that peace of God. God has said he's going to do it. So what? That's coming in. Letters are coming in. Bill collects are calling. It doesn't. So what? God said he's going to do it. And that peace of God that you stay in will show God that you trust him. Right? That will show God that you trust him. And that's your witness to unbelievers, this world is going nuts. This world is going frenzied, right? Pills for this, pills for that. 
right? Drugs, there's alcohol, excess, excess. This world is actually going nuts because they don't understand the power of so what? They don't understand this paradox of power. It's not what you control, it's what you unleash. In the world, they would say, wow, pray for your, pray for your enemies, turn the other cheek, you know, help those that spitefully use you. When you have this attitude of so what, you won't see yourself as a sucker if you're helping people that hurt you, right? Jesus was Jesus a sucker. He helped the entire world, right? He's still helping us. All right. That is not, if you think that, oh, I'm a sucker, I'll think I'm a fool. You don't have this attitude yet. You do not have this attitude yet. And you're still insecure. Your security depends upon when you're able to say this, when you're able to let things go, when you're able to say, it doesn't matter. When you're able to say, okay, so what? They hurt me. I didn't do anything, but so what? The world hurt Christ. The sin of the world was put on Christ. He didn't do anything, but he said, so what? And he prayed for people while he was dying. So did Stephen, right? Stephen had the right attitude. This is the attitude that we cultivate. And someone says, oh, this guy, oh, he's got a great attitude. He's a nice guy. Well, great attitude, well, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. He's a nice guy. You have got to have an attitude where it doesn't matter what anybody does to you. You don't feel a need for retribution. You don't feel a need to get your vindication. In fact, the Bible says that vengeance belongs to God, right? It belongs to God. When you can stay in that, when you can get in that place, watch your life change. There are people in here, probably most people in here, have something against someone for whatever reason. And they may have legitimately hurt you. People hurt people all the time. But here's the thing. When you get this so what attitude, you almost become, your soul almost become emotionally bulletproof. Right? You don't hurt as much when you have this attitude. You, you won't be saying things like, you don't even know what I did to them and they stabbed me in the back. Like that, I hear these kind of things all the time. So what? Your victory, your freedom doesn't depend on what somebody else does. You cannot control yourself. You cannot control anybody else. You can only control yourself. I'm sorry. You can only control yourself. In fact, the Bible actually says that he that can control his own spirit, right? He is greater than the one that can take a city. It's about controlling yourself. That's really the paradox of power. There's so many people who are trying to control others. If you're trying to control others, it means you have no control over yourself. When you have control over yourself, you don't need to control others. You don't need to. This is about not needing to. This is not about being across the, get across the finish line, being number one, coming out with the greatest hits. No, this is about not needing to. That all of your uh, uh, efforts and, and victory is in being first. No, all of your efforts and your victory is not needing to be, right? 
It is not needing to be. It's allowing somebody else to have the victory. Paul even says right before this verse, esteem others higher than yourself, right? Esteem others. We are constantly trying to knock people out of positions, right? Do you remember um, the uh, two uh, guys, I think son of Zebedee? Was it the, the, on the Last Supper, they were actually, uh, Jesus, can we sit uh, on your right hand? And Jesus said, are you able to uh, drink this cup? Oh, we are, we are, we are. So that's why Jesus had to give them this demonstration of the towels to show them it's not about titles. It's about towels, right? Not can you get your feet washed, but can you wash somebody's feet, right? Can you wash somebody's feet? If we learn to go down, God will lift us up. Really? It's about giving it up. It's about coming to the end of your resources and saying, I just don't need to. So what? This doesn't matter. So what that they actually did that? That's a witness. That's a testimony. Wow. You become a model. You become a witness. The best witness isn't the people that are giving out tracts. That doesn't mean anything. People don't read tracts. They read us. They read our lives. Paul said that we are the living epistles. To be read by all men. Right? People read us. Give as many. You could give out Shakespearean tracts. It doesn't matter. Right? It does not matter. It's about how we live our life and the attitude that we take on being able to say, I have more peace. My life has changed since I started doing that. Wow. You look so stressed out. Wow. You're not, you obviously don't have the right attitude. Even actually seeing the peace in you. What do you do? Well, how come you stay so, so calm and I've got the so what attitude, right? That's the paradox of power, right? It doesn't matter. That's what so what is. And, and as I said, uh, because of that attitude, look at the altitude. Look what it says about Christ. So here's Christ now. Right? The most ignoble death, crucifixion, right? Designed to, sh- to not just kill someone, but to shame them. And look, people are left to die. People could be left there to die, uh, or left, their remains left there for days and days, even weeks. But look at that. It's shameful. And so listen what he says now, because of Christ's servitude says, for this reason also, God highly exalted him. Well, exalted him would be enough. That's a superlative, right? He's highly exalted. It's almost like saying more than a conqueror. It's to the hills, right? As high as it can go. And bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus has been given the highest position, not in the world. Forget that, in the entire cosmos, in the entire creation. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. There's coming a time 
whether people go to heaven or the other place, there'll be no unbelievers anywhere. Everyone will believe in Christ. For some, it'll be too late. But everyone at some time in the future will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. They will believe at some time. This is something that I know personally, experientially, that this can change your life, really. can change the way that you do things, the way that you see things. It can give you a peace. It can give you a better quality of life. Forget the world to tell you you need to get this. You need to get all of the doodahs to have a better quality of life. They're selling you an illusion. Better quality of life does not come from external doodahs. It comes from an internal attitude. As Paul is demonstrating, as I said, could be in the world of Astoria, the way he's writing there. He is writing from prison to encourage a church. Right? He's not in a good position. Obviously, when you're free, you're in better, you're in a better position than somebody who's incarcerated. Yet he's encouraging them because of his attitude. And he says, you know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Right? Paul's in a great place. He's in the will of God. There's no, there's not ever a situation where God wants someone to retaliate against someone because they've been hurt by that person. No, no. Every situation, God wants you to take the right attitude and to be able to forgive that person. That forgiveness, that love, the Holy Spirit will use that to turn that person around. Vengeance, vindictiveness never got anybody anywhere. It will just get you into a deeper hole. And even if somebody does get their home back, you don't get satisfaction from that. That goes very, very quickly. But when you have that attitude, so what? That stays. It gives you peace. It gives you a, a great sleep. Some people go to sleep and wake up in the middle of the night. Get that so what attitude, you'll sleep like a baby. Sleep like a baby. So it's about, so what? Cultivating the right attitude and having real freedom that lasts. Praise God. Yeah. Yes. Thank God. Um, let's uh, pray together, family, as um, they come and uh, lead in the closing song. God, I thank you for the freedom that you have given us access to. And as we consider your word in Philippians and as presented from uh, Brother Robert today, we see that that freedom is given to us. We have access to it, and yet it is ours to take hold of that. You don't force that freedom upon us, but you say, here it is. Do you want it? Take it. Lord, I pray that you would give us the boldness to take upon your attitude, not having to prove anything of ourselves to anyone in this world. 
or even feeling as though we have to prove ourselves to you that we're worthy of your grace as if there were such a thing to be worthy of it. But just to rest in the fact that you have given this freedom to us. You have paid the ultimate price. You have overcome the world and given that victory unto us. And you simply say, here, do you want it? Take hold. It belongs to you. So as we prepare our hearts now to take of uh, the body and blood that you have given to us, Lord, in communion, Lord, we take hold of this, Lord, as a symbol of we accept the peace, we accept the freedom that you have given to us. We can look at offenses that are made against us, and we can truly say, so what? Because we are secure in you. When we take these elements in, that is a remembrance to us that we are secure because of your sacrifice, and there is nothing else in this world to prove. We release it all to you. We don't carry any of these things as if it were ours to carry. You've done the work. We're not going to do it twice. We're going to walk in the freedom that you've died to give us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.